Hello, and thank you for joining us for our Watershed Sermon Podcast. Watershed is a worshiping community within Harderwijk Ministries. We gather at 9.45 a.m. in the Anchor Building on the Harderwijk campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Watershed community and Harderwijk Ministries, please visit harderwijk.com. Well, here we are, <laughs> continuing in uh, the gospel this morning and the good news that Jesus has for us. If you haven't been with us, uh, we are in a series right now talking about some of the core truths of our faith. What do we think as Christians? Um, so to help us understand, you know, what are those hallmarks? What are those things that we stand on? Over the last few weeks, we've talked about who God is, that we believe God is uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and yet one God. We talk about in the Christian faith that God is personal. He's involved and active in our daily lives. Uh, Last week, we we talked about salvation, that our story, and, and again, we were reminded of that in baptism this morning. Our story is one where we believe that God needs to rescue us, that Jesus, there needed to be a reason for Jesus to actually come into our lives, to save us. God does this by grace. Today, um, we are talking about uh, a question that says this, how do I know then God? How do I know God and his will for my life? In this, our our core truth uh, is, is this. I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God that guides my beliefs and actions. Right, so if we were to sum up Uh, An answer to that question that we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. We're going to talk about what that means. And that it it has this place in space in our lives to guide our beliefs and actions. As we've done throughout this series, a key verse uh, that we are hanging our hat on uh, to help us is is this. From 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul, follower of Jesus, writes, All scripture is God-breathed. That's another way where we talk about inspired, is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, in rightness, in in right judgments, in right living. Verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God not only is a God who wants to do good things, but wants to do good things through us. That's always been his story. He's not trying to to get rid of humanity. He actually works with humanity, created humanity to be his image bearer in the world. We're going to talk more about our identity next week. But God wants to work his goodness out, not only through Jesus, not only through his scriptures, but through us. And so I want to go back to this question. So how do I know God and his will for my life? So uh, as I was preparing, I, I, I thought, why don't I do a Google search? How many of you look for information on Google? Right? I, I should take a poll. How many of you go to Google? And then how many of you go to YouTube? Right? <laughs> I taught my children, if you need to change a light bulb on your vehicle and don't know how to remove that light bulb, go to YouTube. You'll find it. But I figured I would, I would e- just insert this question into Google. You want to know how many responses I got? Two billion. Two billion. Zero, zero, zero. 
comma, zero, 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 comma, zero, <laughs> 710 million, so almost another billion responses in 0.5 seconds. <laughs> 2,710,000,000 responses to that question. How do I know God and, and, and his, his will for my life? 2,710,000,000 responses. How do you curate that? Now, Google has algorithms, right, that follows your search history and then pushes certain search. So, so for mine, I got Campus Crusade for Christ. Crew uh, was one of the first ones. Bible tools, scripture, uh, like I, I, dot com, that came up next. So I was like, okay, good. My search history is at least somewhat reasonable. <laughs> like, Google is curating things. But what happens if you don't know God at all? You got 2,710,000,000 responses to try to sort through to figure out who is God. Well, how about if we narrow it down a little bit? Thaddeus Williams, he's, um, he's a professor, author. Um, he's writing a new book, uh, and this book, Don't Follow Your Heart. Don't Follow Your Heart, Boldly Breaking the Ten Commandments of Self-Worship. Right, in our society, so often we go, look to yourself. I want you just to watch this two-minute trailer for his book and listen into some of what he says about searching out the answers in life. There's a kind of mind virus. He says there's a kind of mind virus out there. 84% of Americans, now this is just Americans, believe that the highest goal in life is to make yourself happy. That's the goal. So maybe wouldn't even ask the question we're asking today. But then he goes on to say a whopping 94% believe that you must look within yourself to find the answers. Let's be honest and ask, how's this hashtag follow your heart, hashtag be true to yourself, hashtag look within for answers, how's that working for us? How many times do you need to run to YouTube or Google for answers? And yet, with the most important questions for life, we say, look within yourself. Following our hearts, he says, is a false gospel. The system is cracked and it's crumbling all around us. He points to the fact, look, anxiety, depression, suicide rates have hit historic highs. That's true, we've seen that. How is it working for us? And then he goes on to say this, maybe there is someone infinitely more awesome than we are, more creative and compassionate, more wise, more powerful, more life-giving, and maybe we should follow his heart instead of our own. How do I know God and his will for my life? Right, if we believe that God is good, 
If we believe that God is for us, not against us, guess what? God has also given us, I forgot, I I skipped. (laughs) We believe that God has also made himself known through today what we call the scriptures. Right? I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God that guides my belief and action. Our presidents uh, put up libraries, right? And oftentimes, uh, as they spend millions of dollars to put up these elaborate libraries, it's not only to kind of recount recount their their own life, but then it's to curate, you know, writings on history, science. All this stuff is wonderful, but you got books upon books upon books to try to see and navigate life. And here, while presidents do that, we spend millions of dollars. When we say that God, I believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what God has given to us is a grace. Not a million-dollar library, but a simple book. Which, by the way, is a library. The scriptures literally mean writings. It's a book filled with all kinds of writings that over 1,400 years, took over 1,400 years to compile, over 40 writers to make happen, and then to count thousands upon thousands of scribes who have translated, who have have worked diligently to copy throughout history, to make sure, God has made sure that we have not thousands of books, but a single book. Look, look. This big, you can download it for free on your phone today (laughs) to make sure that we have these scriptures, these words to teach us, to lead us, this inspired scripture. So what does it mean to be inspired? Let me take us back to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, just a couple verses before our key verse. Um, Paul writes this, but as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of. See, much of faith during that day was passed on orally while there were writings. Um, Not everybody could afford. Folks, we can buy a Bible. They couldn't buy a Bible, (laughs) right? It was was kept in synagogues and, and, and it was kept in the temple and scrolls were handled by scribes. So this wasn't a common everyday occurrence. It wasn't until post-Reformation that really the Bible became more present for the everyday person. Thank you, Gutenberg and the press, right? <laughs> like, but in this, it was passed on, the story of faith. And, and Paul says it's because of the, you know those from whom you learned it, right? It came through trustworthy people. And how from infancy you have known these holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Right? There's a point that God was doing with these scriptures. God is making himself known and making his plan for the world known. It goes on to say all scripture then, here's our key verse, right? Is God breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God breathed. I want to take us back. That word literally is, um, is theos and then has pneuma, like breath. So that's why we translate it as God breathed. In the very beginning of the Bible, it's how, how did God animate humanity? How did he bring life in, in people to being? He breathed. 
Right? This has been part of God's story from the very beginning, that God's breath infuses what he puts his hand into with life. So God can take words and breathe life in and through them. They are inspired. But more than that, Second Peter, Peter writes this. He says, above all, you, you got to understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation, right? The Scripture is not a human thing that God just happens to use because he happens to use it. It's not just a man-made thing. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets throughout the Old Testament, they spoke on God's behalf, a message that God wanted them to speak. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, through human, though human, they spoke from God as they were carried along by who? The Holy Spirit. Let's go back to the first week. The Holy Spirit is God. It's God's presence and power living and dwelling within us. To be God-breathed means that God-inspired walked with the writing of, the creating of these scriptures, infusing life through the words. I like to say God guided and guarded the process of the scriptures throughout centuries, 1,400 years, and continuing to this day in the work of translation. Corey has been leading a class, started on, on this last Wednesday. He's going to lead another one on Wednesday talking about manuscripts. One of the most beautiful things as he was talking on Wednesday night is he pointed out he knows New, New Testament manuscripts more you know, than Old Testament. But he said this, that there are 5,800 plus Greek manuscripts. Over 5,800 plus Greek manuscripts. There is over... Uh, 1,200 then papyrus, so the, the paper that initially things were written on. One of the, there's over 1,200 of those available. Last year at this time we were in Ireland, some of us, and we got to see some of those that were about 200 years removed, which is just crazy to think about. Because most documents and things like that, I mean, you're looking at seven. We, what we think is factual in, in historical documentation can be seven, eight, nine hundred years separate from the documents we have to the occasion. Corey made the point, Alexander the Great, that was some of his work. So if you want to know about Alexander the Great, let him geek out with you. Like, it's fun. Because it's good stuff. But nine hundred years and we attribute it as fact, historically. Like, so we're good with that. But by the way, with the Bible, we can be way more accurate. Some, doc, some, some actual of the documents we have are within 100 years. Crazy. And yet, amidst all of these 5,200 plus, 1,200 plus, there is an accuracy and agreement rate of anywhere between 94% and 99%. And the differences where they don't agree are like on simple word order. Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. When we believe that God has inspired his word, he has guided and guarded, he has not only made sure that the stories that need to be told are told, and he works within, we're going to call it a dynamic relationship with human beings, because that's how God works. He's not concerned about like accuracy and words like we are today. He's concerned about a message and a point, a story and a purpose. 
And he's going, hey, listen, I'm going to make sure this story is not only told, but preserved for thousands of years better than any other story in such a way that you could almost say, scholars could, could say, there is no doubt that there has to be a God. Now, some don't want to see it and some don't want to believe it. And yet, if we actually logically, in how we treat everything else, allow ourselves to see it, only God could have been involved. Only the work of God's Holy Spirit could have been involved in the manuscripts we have today, in this scripture. But see, the Spirit didn't work in just making sure the scripture was here. But this, the Spirit's real work is, is in revealing God to us, in revealing the Holy or revealing His purposes for the world. In Luke, we see this probably most clearly once Jesus came out of the tomb. He was resurrected. He was on the road to Emmaus and he met some disciples who were discouraged at Jesus, his own crucifixion. And so he's, it's this resurrection appearance. He's walking with them. They're, they're depressed, understandably so. Um, but then he says this in verse 25 of Luke 24. He says, man, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Like, didn't you know this story? Didn't you hear all of it? Did not the Messiah, he said, have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Right? Isn't this the, the purpose in the story from even the beginning? And then beginning with the Moses, so this is the be- going all the way back to the beginning of the Old Testament. Moses and all the prophets, Jesus then explained to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. That God's word, the inspiration, the infused life in God's word, in this story for us, is that in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is revealing God in his story. He's not concerned necessarily sometimes like we are about a simple word order. He's concerned about us knowing more clearly who he is. And what he's about for us and for this world. Think, can any word truly grasp the incomprehensible God? Folks, all of the languages in the world could still not be able to clearly, right? Like, give us, and yet God says, you know what, through the limited Through our limited language, I'm going to reveal to you the unlimited one and the depths of my grace and love that his story is centered in Jesus and his salvation for us. So when we believe that God has inspired the scriptures, we mean that the Holy Spirit has been working, been gardening, guiding these scriptures, what we have, they are a special revelation of God. Right? He has been protecting this story through centuries upon centuries like no other story in this world so that you and I could know God more clearly and know his purposes in our life. This matters. It's his truth for us, his story, his revelation to us. But as we also heard in 2 Timothy, is that it's useful, right? It's useful for teaching, rebuking, 
correcting, training, and, and kind of the right way of life. And uh, we're equipped with it. So I want to take us to John, and I want to show us again that it's the Spirit working in the Scriptures and in our lives. In John 16, Jesus, before he was crucified, said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, what will he do? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, right? This is the story. He will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. So it's that, again, that Trinitarian, this one God working. He goes, that's why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Spirit's job, not only in inspiring the Word, is continuing to inspire us. To breathe life through this Word to us. You see, you can have biblical scholars who don't believe in Jesus. Right? Corey, you shared some of that in your own journey. You can have folks who can look at the evidence and still not believe. But here's the thing, because Scripture teaches us, we know this is how God works because it's the Spirit behind the Scriptures. It's the God behind the Scriptures who's at work. Without Holy Spirit, then this, without God's help, we're still looking at trees, kind of the story with Jesus where maybe we see trees, but we're not seeing so clearly. Maybe we're looking at a, a dimly reflecting mirror. In order to understand what God has for us, we have to ask him. But here's the promise. God says, yeah, don't worry. I will give. I'm going to keep on revealing. That's my spirit. That's what I do. I want to keep showing you. I want to keep teaching you. I want to take the story that has been and make it real for you and make it real through you. He wants to keep breathing life through the working of this scriptures. Hebrews reminds us of this. The Word of God is alive and active. Why? Because the Spirit is alive and active. It's not just words on paper. It's not a museum sitting somewhere that can maybe only give us a glimpse. It's alive, active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. How many books do you know that can do that for you? <laughs> and yet through the scripture and the working of the spirit in it, man, God can pierce the deepest part of who we are. Why? Because nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The Spirit keeps making real for us that which is true. And we can trust it. Back in Isaiah, it's a great, Isaiah 55, read the whole chapter. Um, but, but God, in response to his, his word, out, putting his word out in the world, says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, right, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Right? That's what God wants to accomplish through rain. Right? Make sure that life flourishes. He goes, so my word 
right? So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Because God is working and always working, because God had a story about the one, because he had a story about life as it is and should be, life as it will be, Right, That story isn't going to return empty when the spirit who inspired it is continuing to inspire our hearts and our minds. You see, through the Bible, the Holy Spirit reveals God's purposes, not just for him and his kingdom, but for us. He works out his life in us. Right? I believe the Bible is the inspired word of God that guides my beliefs and actions. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit working. It's God working in and through and for not only us, but this world. The scriptures, God's special revelation is a vehicle. I like to, I like to think about it that way. It's a vehicle for the Holy Spirit to do its revealing work. God chose to condescend, to accommodate to us. So condescend, come down, accommodate, work, work in a way that's workable for us. So he used human language. He continues in, in the work of translating into multiple languages to make sure that every tribe someday and every tongue will be able to hear this good news. God is guiding and guarding. The Holy Spirit is working so that we know God. Right? That's his purpose, to know God, know his salvation, know his life, know how deeply loved you are. Know of a kingdom that is to come, that can break in on earth, to inspire, to lead us into life. Right, The Spirit is at work and continues to work. It's a work of God that keeps on working. Do we trust it? I don't know, that's going to be your choice. Kind of like salvation, right? The salvation story requires ourselves the, uh, the permission for some or the risk to believe that what is said is true. You got to risk it. Kind of goes back to Thaddeus Williams. Is there one? Here, let me, let me read again what he says. Maybe there is someone infinitely more awesome than we are. <laughs> More creative and compassionate, more wise, more powerful, more life-giving. And maybe, just maybe, we look into his heart. But here's the thing I can say, is in that faith journey for myself, have I been confused? Absolutely. (laughs) Have I walked away with questions and wonderings? Certainly. But have I also come to see that it's a story that I'll never let go and also will never let go of me, without a doubt. And I can say without a doubt while also having doubts and questions and wonderings in the same way. I've just learned you keep going back to it. And God who is faithful, who sends rain to to give life to the world, keeps sending rain through his spirit that not only inspired, but continues to inspire if we let him. So I invite you to let him 
as you read. God, give me eyes to see. Holy Spirit, you inspired this word. Inspire me through it. Let's pray. God, that's our prayer. This doesn't mean our questions about life, about the scriptures, our wonderings, about uh, accuracy, or our wonderings about where did these, these stories come from, and Lord, man, the Bible is filled with all kinds of stuff. What seems like science fiction to us. It's filled with songs and poetry. It's filled with history, short stories, parables, which seem like fables. It's filled with all kinds of different literary devices, all kinds of different writings, all kinds of different expressions. Lord, we, we can certainly wonder. And the beauty is you invite us to wonder. You invite us with our questions. But in the midst of our questions, don't let them cover our ability to see that at the heart of the scriptures is you. You revealing yourself to us. You're trying to make yourself known to us. You're saying, I'm knocking, let me in. So Father, help us to let you in. Help us to see a little more clearly. Help us, maybe, maybe some of us need to find some answers because that's what's, what it's going to take. Just some questions we're really wrestling with. For some of us, we may need to find some comfort because we've looked everywhere else. For some of us, we may need to hear the message in the story of forgiveness and how radical it is that you forgive everything we've done, everything we do and will do, everything we can't even think about. And that's your choosing. It has zero to do with our ability or what we've done. Maybe some of us need to hear that. Maybe we need to be reminded like we were in baptism today that we're part of something bigger than ourselves and we're not alone. Maybe we need to be reminded that as crazy as life gets for us because me and the Bible is full of crazy stories. You remain firm and secure, a safe place, a refuge. You can be a strength. You can be the one who makes sense in the senseless. Father, we got to be willing to say, Lord, help me see. So I pray that's our prayer as we dive into your word. Thank you. Thank you for, for all of those people you have used to put this story together for us. Thank you for every scribe and person who sat by candlelight to copy diligently and faithfully so that the accuracy can be mind-blowing for us today. Thank you for how when folks sought to ravage and, and burn down cities, there were others who protected it in jars and at the cost of their lives. Thank you for scholars who today keep looking at what we keep finding in archaeology and it actually only 
whatever keeps seeming to serve your purposes than to divert them. Lord, thank you that if we allow this to be our story, we know without, we can know without a doubt that this is your story. This is, God, your song over us and in turn can be ours. God, we love you. We praise you. And we honor you in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our watershed community or how to support Harder Wyke Ministries, please visit us at harderwyke.com.